Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. This week on Erotic Awakening, live Q&A at Ohio State University. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters, and among other perks, Patreon supporters get free Kickstarter cards, as well as discounts to events like the upcoming one-of-a-kind Hearts and Collars. Hi, Dan. Hi, Don. So, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm nervous as hell. I just told, <laughs> I just I told the adults in the room. <laughs> Hi, adults in the room. There's really people here. 513 episodes so far, and although this is not the first time we've done a live episode per se, right. this is the first time we've done a live episode sitting in front of a classroom full of people who are looking at us with very judgmental eyes right now. I have to admit, that's just the way it is right Wondering now. what's going to happen. So instead of a question of the day today, we are going to take questions from the people in our audience. So that is, that's actually going to be kind of cool and yeah, a little nervous. And also at some point, as uh, we've been doing for the last 10 episodes or so, we will be getting into our the worst flirty questions ever, and we will ask our audience members to assist us with the worst flirty questions ever. They're bad. They're really bad. <laughs> I don't know where people got them from to send to us, because we like to do list of things. To, I mean, we've done 500-some shows, so we like to do list of things. It keeps us going and gives us something to talk about, and we'll cover a couple of things on the list. And these are flirty questions, and I swear they got them from Cosmo or, or something else that's just bad. <laughs> uh, my biggest concern is to find out that these are actually fantastic flirty questions. It's you and me that That's just doing it wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that well, that could me. be. <laughs> so uh, no question of the day, no topic. We just have the questions that have been sent in from from the uh, students here at The Ohio State University. Uh, apparently this is a class on genetics, is that right? I don't know. What, what, is this, what is the name of this class? Sexuality. Human, Human sexuality. sexuality. In, context. in context. Human sexuality in context. Oh, okay, well we fit right in then. <laughs> I don't know what context this is supposed to be. <laughs> so Don, grab one of those questions and let's knock Ooh, one out. Am I, all right, so let's see, we've got, oh. How can we safely learn about kinky stuff? So this is actually a really good question. I'm actually on a um, Facebook group that someone spoke up, and this is just a, a, a weird vanilla, which means non-kinky, mostly, Facebook group that um, we usually talk about recycling stuff. But someone popped up and said, hey, you guys are all freaks. Where can I learn about kinky stuff? And we're like, well, there's actually classes for this. And they're like, what? And we're like, yeah, there's class. So, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Just so I don't get overly disgusted. Are you recycling kinky stuff like no. vibrators no, and stuff? No, 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 no. Okay. For some reason, the, the freaky people have found this particular Facebook group, and we tend to talk about everything. So, And one of the questions was they wanted to learn about this kink thing okay. and didn't know a safe place to go. And um, people started speaking up because I'm one of the directors of the space. And it was kind of cool because people started speaking up. Hey, go to the space. They have classes. Hey, go to the space. Mm -hmm. They have classes. It's a safe place. It's a clean place. It's a, you know, things like that. So there's actually more stuff in Columbus than you would realize. So there is um, adventuresinsexuality.com, right? So Barrick and Sheba run that. They have a new to kink workshop once a month. And it's at a pizza place. So it's in public. It's in their party room, right? So the doors are closed. But Barrick will go over what to expect in the kink community, um, uh, different behaviors. Language, definitions. Language, definitions. He'll go through all of that. Um, we have Kinky and Geeky at the space, which is coming up next Friday, which means in the big room, you get to play board games. It's vanilla space. Everybody's dressed. You just play board games. In the back room, there's a dungeon. So you can go peek in at the dungeon and see what's going on. You can watch. You can ask questions. You can do all this stuff. We have the kink exploratorium where we set up different stations. The lights are all on. You know, everybody's mostly dressed. And so, so there's ways to toe dip in. And with the stations, you can try out different things from people that know what the hell they're doing. So you have a whip station. You have electric you have you know j just different things that might grab your interest and it's packed with people that can answer your questions and the only other thing i'll add to that is it's 100 percent um opt-in right when right you go to one of these things you're not oh well you've walked in the door then therefore you must no we no, must no. give you a spanking that's because you've walked in the door there's not like that it's very much i volunteer i want to participate or i don't want to participate i just want to watch or i want to leave the kinky community is very much about consent 
We actually have consent cons at the space, and we teach people what consent is about and how you can consent to something, and at any time you can opt out with your yeah. consent. And no is always. And that's a pretty neat thing. I assume that here at OSU, you guys talk about consent nowadays, right? I would imagine so, yeah. It was not so in the larger community before the King community got there first. The understanding, the importance of you have to not just, not just no means no, but an enthusiastic yes. Because you're asking people to do particularly strange and um, well, <laughs> kinky things to you, right? <laughs> Naughty and I mean, kinky. You may lit- okay, I'm getting over the fact. I don't even look at you guys anymore. You guys, <laughs> there. <laughs> You may well be walking into the space with the idea and you might be asking somebody, you know what? I want you to bend me over this thing and beat me until I have some nice bruises to go show people, right? <laughs> Yay. Yeah, yes. Um, so the, the idea of consent, that this is what I want, but I don't want you to stick any of your tab A's into my slot B sort of thing, right? I don't right. want you to do anything except for what we've, I thought what that was negotiated. Stuff. No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Wait, I have a laugh trap. No, that is not a laugh track there. Um, so the idea that consent is very much ahead of its time. It's challenging to recommend particular websites or books or internet content because all that changes so quickly. I am a big fan of if you want to find out how things really are, get involved and you'll be able to talk to some of the um, old timers, <laughs> the people that have been around for a little while and say, hey, I was thinking about trying this thing. Is it a safe thing to do? Or I was trying, thinking about trying it with Dawn. Is she a safe person to play with, right? Um, or I, I don't. I want to do this thing, and I don't know how to approach. I want to try rope. How do I approach somebody about you know? And it's it's cool to be in um, to get into the community because if you are interested in this stuff, you'll be meeting a whole lot of other people that are also interested in this stuff. Because some of us at the very beginning, we might go through shame, we might go through guilt, we might think that we're just really weird. And we are, and it's okay, right? And you'll meet other normal people that are also freaky, and it's, it's we get to wave our freak flag, and it's, it's pretty awesome. So, cool, cool. Give so me one. I can give you one, or is there anybody in the audience that has one? Nah, they still got the deer in the headlight look. Okay, here you go. Uh, how did you two first get started? <laughs> Porn. Oh, um, the internet is for porn. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you straight up, the way Dawn and I got started, we were in a relationship with other people, friends of ours. We used to hang out a lot. And back 20-something years ago. We've been ago, together 22. I know point. that none of you are aware of this, so just I don't want you to shock you. There's porn on the internet. <laughs> now, 20 years ago, it was harder to get porn off the internet. So I had a little robot that went out to the internet to use groups and it would download anything that was porn-ish. And I, you know, then we would sit there and we'd look through it and go, oh, I like this, this is garbage, I like this, this is garbage. Uh, and what we found is that Dawn and I were attracted to the same stuff. And our partners were attracted to other stuff. So our partners at the time were attracted to your classical play, playboy sort of... Model and pose, pose and model, stand and model. Are, are you familiar with the, the Reddit group uh, Instagram Reality? No. Yeah, airbrushing, man, it's a thing. Uh. Um, but people that look like they're supposed to be, oh, these are the people that are supposed to be beautiful people, right? And but Dawn and I were more into, look how real that is. Look at yeah, we were into the more real stuff. Some of the pictures and, and stuff that I had collected were just of someone kneeling for someone, fully clothed, kneeling for someone, and that other someone had their hand wrapped in her hair. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh, that's what I like. And my ex-husband was like, what the hell is that? And I'm like... It's, it's, it's the trust factor. That is just so hot. And um, he, he just did not understand it. And then I find that Dan's got the same picture in his porn collection. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, because there's another question in here of how did we meet? Dan and I actually met in high school. He, so long story short-ish, he married my best friend in high school. I married his best friend. And then, so we've known each other for a very long time did not really talk about this type of stuff, right? And then it was years and years later that my marriage was falling apart already over other stuff. His marriage was falling apart already over other stuff. And we started talking. And lo and behold, we, we liked the same stuff and went, what? All right, <laughs> let's, let's see what we can do with this. Next question, that was embarrassing. 
So, well, that one. Well, so that much for one, the love story, huh? Oh, you know, it's so romantic. It's the, the porn of romance. It was. Well, this is Harold. How did we meet? So there's that one. And this one's a quickie. So I want to go ahead and, and just uh, someone ask. You know, I don't like that word. Uh, <laughs> neither do I. Um, so a quickie one of were we raised by kinky people? I want this to be quick because I'm going to say, as far as I know, no, mm, end of story. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Mm. I, I, think, I think my parents were swingers, but it was many years after I had moved out where I realized they sure had a lot of friends stay over. I, you know, if I think hard about it, mine probably were too, because they had friends that would stay weekends and yeah. So, and la, 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 just like I don't want my kids <laughs> to hear too much about me. They hear more than they should have to. Um, I don't want to know about them. Uh, so some of these are just really quick. Did you have to come out to family and friends? So all of our friends know about <laughs> us. We kind of like don't have any more vanilla friends. We kind of, our community is our friends now, and we travel a lot, and we present, and we write, and so like everything we do is at least on my part, is, is in the kink world. Um, the kink world, the poly world, the, all, my, all my friends are, are freaky. So my, I have one sister out of six siblings that knows. Um, they all live far away, and I don't particularly feel like telling the rest of them, but my, my sister that knows threatened to put up a billboard one time, and I'm like, because our new book came out, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm very Googleable, so I'm passively out. Googleable is not a word. Googleable. Yes, it is. I'm Googleable. So if they wanted to know, they could just look up my name, and there I am. So, um, so the only people that we've had to come, or that I've had to come out to, is my kids. So the reason we came out to the kids, right, is uh, we have one. Our first book that we published is called Living MS, and it's got our picture on it. And I thought that was a very nice picture. Oh, it's I a thought beautiful the, the cover picture. looks great, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So we had the kids come to uh, the house oh, one time. And we have some kids, we, hmm, we also do LARPing, right? Live action role play. So some of the people that we did LARPing with know Dan and I and what we do, but they're also friends with our kids. So what we were afraid of was that they would find out about the book and then go to our kids and say, hey, what do you think about your parents' book? And we're like, oh, we got to nip this in the bud. So we invited the boys over for dinner. And I don't know if you guys have ever done that where you've invited the parents over because you have an announcement to make. Right. But they were, they were pretty worried about whatever this announcement was. It's like, oh God, I hope mom's not pregnant again. No. Oh. And at this point, they're no. both in their 20s. And um, pretty much we said, okay, have a seat, right? Everybody's doing good. Okay, okay. No, no, no. So, and then Dan comes in, he goes, he's got something behind his back. And he's like, so ask us what we've been doing. And both boys looked at each other and went, mm-mm, no. Yeah, no. didn't slow me down. Because they already had a clue, right? So I said, I pulled the book out. I said, this is a book that your mom and I wrote. It's got our sex lives in it. Do you want to read it? And they're like, I hate you so much. <laughs> One of them, it looked like he was going to hurl. Yeah, so just. The positive aspect of that is it's allowed for, we have very open communication with the children, right? And it's hard to call them children now. They're 20-something, 30-something. 30 yeah. Um, I had them I'm glad you know young. those actual numbers, right? <laughs> but it is, it's allowed them to understand who we are. There was a time where the older child decided that our uh, interesting lifestyle was not appropriate anymore, and they didn't want our granddaughter around anymore. And Don, and we both, as much as it, it sucks to say, damn, I can't see my granddaughter, there's another aspect that says, then fuck you. This is who we truly are. Mm -hmm. I'm not playing. I'm not hiding. Accept us or don't, right? And eventually he got over himself. Might have to do with the fact he can't come to us to borrow money. That's probably not it, though. No, but she's nine now, and she just Facebook texted me the other day. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got a really good relationship now. We just kept being honest with them, kept assuring them that um, none of this would be out and about while, you know, she's around. We don't have this out and about, you know. This is, we still live normal lives. So the only thing the granddaughter had to adjust to was that we bought a house with another poly partner, right? And for her, she was young. She's just like, where's Karen? You know, where, where's the other person at? So it, it didn't bother her at all. Yep. But, um, but now the younger... Oh, no, I'm not going to say it. I don't know who listens to the podcast. Yes, let's move on. <laughs> so, Next. cool. Um, let's see. I wanted to more of the pink ones, but that's okay. Why did you start? Oh, no, no, no. Let's go into this one. Any kids, do they know? So we just covered that one. So yes, the two kids, they do know. I have um, forbidden them to listen to the podcast because I can't pay for their therapy. 
And um, <laughs> they've been told this. But my daughter-in-laws, I know one of them listens. That's why I didn't want to go further with. But um, I know she listens because she asks me questions that she shouldn't know about unless she's been listening. Right? <laughs> and when I, when I tell one of the boys that uh, they... they, they please don't listen to this. They're like, oh, God, no. And the, the one daughter-in-law is just like, well, uh. so I try not to think about that because I want to talk yeah. honestly. There's, there's really a lot of stories uh, about being a parent and kinky people and kinky and having the kids involved that's uh, just not appropriate to, to, to talk about until I turn off the recorder. Then we'll have some then stories we'll have for to, you. Yeah, you no. <laughs> so um, why did we start the podcast? I haven't looked at them all. I, I know. That's why I took them from you. Oh, okay, cool. So um, why did we start the podcast? So this would have been 11 years ago. This would have been while we were still in the other house. Do you maybe. remember why it is? I want to So we were walking think... around at an event. Oh, um, okay. So there we can are... Thank, great answer. There's events that are around, around the nation. 50 weeks out of the year, you can go to a two, three, six hundred person kinky event hotel takeover mm -hmm. in this country there's something you can do every single weekend and sometimes you have to make choices yeah. as to which one you want to go to everyone sometimes we come up with conflicts doing this or that um we were at one of these and when you're at these events and we were at one of these events we were mm -hmm. presenting a class we we're very busy we we're running around and we this, were vending too yeah this cat named gray dancer who's got a podcast said hey dan dawn i want to talk to you guys about this thing for a minute and i was like okay got this this and going on maybe maybe in 10 then he pulled out a microphone and I said, well, I got all the time in the world, buddy. Let's talk about this and that. And we found out people would just be open, open up and talk to you when you have a microphone. And um, we found out that uh, there's a lot of really neat people out there, right? Like if you wanted to say who's the big leaders in the kink community, who are the people that are well-known, right? You've got people like Laura uh, Antonou, Laura Jay Antonu, Wiseman. Jay Wiseman, Lee Harrington, right? But all of them, everybody has a story, has something interesting about them. And I could do this in this class if you are open to it, walk around with a mic and sit there for 15 minutes with any of you and, and find that interesting thing about you that makes you different from everybody else in there, right? The podcast is our opportunity to have that conversation with people and to find out what makes it big for you. Why are you doing this? What's exciting for you? How is it fun for you? What's the hardships for you? How do you get over this particular challenge, right? Some of our podcasts are straight up fun. How do you give a great blowjob? Some of them are, how do you deal with post-traumatic stress disorder in a dark room where people are hitting each other, right? It's shit like that that keeps us going, that keeps it oh, yeah. interesting for us. And considering that you probably may have heard that podcasting makes money, <laughs> it's really not a business plan. No, no, uh, it is not. So, but we like to teach and we sh we're storytellers. So we like to talk and we have stories and we have experiences and everybody else out there does as well. So yeah, when Grey Dancer put that microphone in front of us and we're like, oh, we can do that. That would be fun. And we're creative. So this was a creative project for you as well. You like all the tech stuff. Yeah, I just yeah. like to talk. So, uh, you know, so we got, got this put together and this was, it was really hard at first because um, you guys might've heard we're also in a power exchange relationship, which means I don't cut him off. I don't step in. I don't do these things. Whatever I happened had to, those good old well, days. I had to learn how to do that with the podcast, at least. <laughs> so, so it's 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 been a growing opportunity as well. But we also found, like with the books, that people were asking us the same questions a lot, and it's easier to do it on the podcast and point them to an episode. You know, so if we're in a hurry, hey, how to do a scene, how to design a scene, episode one hundred with uh, Naylin. So excellent, excellent episode. Absolutely. So, any questions out there? Anybody wants to hear? I got plenty of stickies. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, as you probably heard in the beginning, you're not supposed to self-identify, but I want you to make up a, a name for yourself so we so we can refer to you. Some Pedro. Cool. Pedro. Pedro. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Pedro. Um, <laughs> Are you a pool boy? <laughs> I've heard stories about Pedro the pool boy specifically. Anyway, I don't have the physique for it. <laughs> uh, my question is, uh, I've actually seen the two of you speak at another class uh, oh, sure. here on campus, <laughs> and there's a lot to do with the what's, the ins and outs, the hows, not much about the whys. Um, and I only ask that because there's so many different things going sure, on. Sure, sure. Uh, kink, the... The poly, the... The poly, um, 
I'm power exchange, power exchange, oh, yeah, sexuality, and, uh, yeah. yeah. It's just it's uh, very widespread. Also, your uh, involvement with uh, natural Wicca mm-hmm. yep. stuff like that, and your involvement with trying to be a monk, things like that, and uh, so let's talk about the why. But uh, so, what do you not? Hobby-wise, nothing to do with today's topic. What are you into? What am I into? Yeah. yeah, nothing to do with today's topic. I'm just saying hobby in general. When you're not studying or working. Uh, reading and uh, spending time with my son. and okay. What kind of uh, reading? Movies and hiking. What kind of reading? Or hiking even better, right? So when you go hiking, you don't go hiking for exercise. You go hiking for the experience. Yeah. There's something about it that calls to you, being out in the, in the woods. Being out in the woods and being either alone or with a group, but just that, mm-hmm. that interaction, it feeds you in some way, yeah. right? But that's a tricky question to answer why to. Why does that feed you when it wouldn't feed me, per se? Actually, I dig hiking. When it may not feed, obviously, it doesn't feed somebody else in the class. I don't know why, per se, uh, that spanking dawn feeds me, but it does. And it's because of the interaction. All the stuff that we do is about the interactions that we have with each other or with ourselves. Uh, for myself, you all probably may not re- believe this, but you're going to die. I do believe that I'm going to die. And there's a lot of life I want to experience. So that's my thing. Experience what I can experience. And what I dig, I dig, right? Um, I've tried bottoming. I've tried being spanked. I've tried being tied up. I hate it. Ugh. It's, it's like it's just a, it's like eating broccoli. That's the other thing that I hate. Oh, right? bro- he hates broccoli. Yeah. So when he so says it's like broccoli. So <laughs> I don't do it. I tried it because it was important to try it because I see other people. Wow, you guys are digging this. Uh, and there's a lot of things. My friend uh, Kevin, rock climbing. Wow, he says, oh, this feeds my soul. This is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, that's stupid, man. You're already on the biggest rock in the world. What do you <laughs> think you're going to happen there? Um, so the why is really challenging to, to answer, but it doesn't matter to me that much. You, Don and I, when we first started, we, had, we played with the psychology. Is there something wrong with us that we want to be involved in this kinky stuff? Is there some latent... I actually interviewed people to see why they were into it. You know, did they have a bad childhood? Did they not? Did they? And I found it's pretty 50-50, right? So there, there isn't always a past reason as to why you do things now. It's just... Fun. Yeah, and it is fun. It is exciting, and it's interesting, and it becomes and people blossom, right? Because they be, they have to be vulnerable. It is really cool. Now, a lot of people they go to the club, they get whatever their kink is, and they go home and they're like, "Well, that was fun. No different than if they just had sex or just had a great meal, right? It was just an experience." But now they're ready for something else. A lot of people, especially the big one that I love the most, are older. Men that find out cross-dressing is okay for the first time. Oh, they're it's so a little excited bit when they come into the space and they're actually accepted. And, and we, we use the pronouns that they're, they're they presenting. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, they're just so excited. And, and, and it may be a little different in the last five, ten years. But a lot of these guys have lived in the closet their entire life. And to come to a place and say, no, no, not only is this okay, we have a... a uh, feminizing night for you. If you want to come, learn how to do makeup. Learn how to wear, wear high heels. And to see these people are blossoming, right? To see, that's what it's about for me, yeah. right? It's about the fact, give me a paw, that this, pull away from the microphone, right? This feels good. And that connection that we make, right? It's not that I have to stick needles in her or tie her up all the time. It is just this vulnerability and this connection, right? You guys are watching us make love right now. For those on the podcast, my pants are down. No, no. <laughs> right? I'm just touching your arm. But this is the connection. This is what we're trying. This is the why. Because it allows, it creates, it demands connection, right? If you're doing something kinky with another human being, they have to be vulnerable with you. And you have to be intent, right? Have you guys ever had sex with somebody who wasn't really paying attention? 
right? You've been screwing and you realize you're thinking about that football game or you're thinking about what you had for dinner last night. You can't you're thinking do that about some if you've got person. a whip in your hand. Yeah, right? If, if when the stuff that we do, it's intense and you are, you're there. You're 100% there or you're uh, apologizing or oh, I meant to flog you on the ass and I caught your eyeball or something. No, that doesn't no. happen. Well, I think you got to uh, the heart of the matter. Um, I was thinking about the whole spectrum of mm -hmm. your relationship and the whys. But My you definitely, as far as uh, the kink aspect goes, mm -hmm. uh, hit the nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> That's the why. So that is the Thank why, you. though. I do want to yeah. add just a little bit more because my why is to be totally vulnerable in the things that I do so that I can drop my walls because I spend most of my life with my walls up, which means I don't experience life. And with this and finding a person that I can totally trust with everything I do and totally trust with everything that I think about, I actually get to drop my walls and experience everything and experience the energy. And I don't have to live in the box that society says I have to live in. Uh, that was kind of what I was thinking and getting at. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Uh, entertaining as everything was, but uh, <laughs> uh, dropping your walls and uh, finding a release is kind of what I thought mm -hmm. the why might be. That is part of the uh, why, but connection is absolutely yeah. as well. Uh, so, all right, cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, does your left does your lifestyle affect how you present yourself publicly? No. This is how I present myself publicly. At work, it's a little different. You yeah, put on a work, costume to work. wear to, yeah, you dress for work and wear a little costume and. And at. Um, it's not like a frilly apron. It's the costume of face. <laughs> yes. But it, yeah, yeah, please. So at work, um, you're married, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're married. Do you talk about your other relationships? Are you out that you're poly? I am. Um, do you want? Oh, I was just going to say, because I'm not in corporate America anymore, but I was, um, I do vending and, and the other stuff now. But just three years ago, I was still in corporate America. And I had a picture of me and Dan, right, on my desk. And I had a picture of me and on the podcast, we call him Big D. So I had a picture of me and Big D on the desk as well. No one ever asked me anything. So it's, again, I'm passively out. I'm not in your face out. But if anybody had asked me, I would have tested the waters to see if I would have been risking my job. And to see how much how out I could be, but no, I don't. I don't usually do that. But I'm not in there now, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and mine's pretty much the same. I am still in corporate America, a fairly significant corporate entity here in Columbus, and I have uh, pictures of my other partners and me just you know hanging out. And um, there are occasions where there are occasions where I'm circumspect. You know, if I'm planning on going camping with partner one, I'll say. We're we're going camping. Who are you going camping with? Me and my wife are going camping, right? Me and my partner are going camping, and people are like, "Oh, your partner, you're being very uh, PC. progressive, very PC, <laughs> right?" It's like, no, you're just not listening. Um, there's 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 for the most part, it's none of your none of their damn business. Though so we have been in the six one four magazine a couple of years ago with pictures of like me, you, and one of your other um, ex partners, and yeah. it really talked up. I mean, it was pictures, names, everything, and. Dan went to work and I went to work and I'm like, oh, I'm waiting for the questions. Nothing. Yeah, nobody reads nope. six. Don't advertise Either. in six one four magazine, folks. It's a <laughs> shit. <in there. laughs> how many? How do you? <laughs> for those who can't see this, Dawn has a OCD thing about me throwing these questions on the floor. I'm gonna do it more often. Uh, how do you manage so many committed relationships? Google Calendar. <laughs> <laughs> So, because it is kind of hard, right? So, like, Dan and I just moved. A lot of people in the podcast know that we just moved, right? So, we just moved into our new place. And um, we've got partners that want to spend time with us, but we also run the space, and we also have jobs, and we're also presenting, and we're doing this thing and doing that thing. So, last night was my chance to spend time with Big D out in Dayton. So, I went out to Dayton. So, you had a free night. So, you ended up having someone over to the house, one of your other partners. And, you know, we just have to... We have to be very honest with our other partners that we're busy, 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 and we grab time when we can. So, the, the way so at the, six o'clock this morning, I'm driving home from Dayton, you know, and yeah. taking a the, nap before this. Uh, as Don said, so yes, last night I had a date with my boy. Today, B O I, I had uh, I got to spend a little bit of time with one of my other partners. Tonight, I have a date with another partner, 
And the way that you manage oh, all that is never do that shit. Wait. Right? Yeah, you have, have to discuss that. You have. I have a date with I, Kat tonight. Okay. I remember that in my brain. I remember seeing it on the calendar and my plans just got killed. So are you bringing, so we'll discuss this in front of you guys. Are you bringing, no, I had KOC, which got moved to March. Uh, Don't you have Owl? No, that was last week. So are you bringing Kat to the house? So later when you guys write your memoirs, (laughs) you can be like, the moment their divorce started was No, no. So, but this is good reality, right? So are you bringing Kat back to the house? That was my... Is that your plan? Yeah. Then I'll stay at the space and do some sewing. I got a project to finish. Excellent. Okay. So that's how we, cool. yeah, and that's, that's literally how we, how we do it. Uh, we have a rule that even though we have two bedrooms, it's just a little funky to have sex with partner A while partner B's in the house. It's not because we're we know it's happening. Uh, we ask each other how to go. It just it's a, just weird. For us. And other, it's gotten to the point, cool it. it's gotten to the point, um, probably in the first 10 years, you'd be like, oh, but I want to spend time with you, you know, and now I have a free evening, but you're busy, but can you cancel, you know, sort of thing. And now we're 20 years in, and it's like, cool, you've got the house and the dog, I'll be at the space, I have a project to finish someone's already paid for, so yay. <laughs> I'm um, good. <laughs> what part of your life surprises friends and coworkers the most? As we hmm. said, I don't tell my coworkers about it. Uh, the, the, I've Friends, had, probably that we don't argue more because we rarely argue. And I think that surprises people that we do talk as much as we talk. And we kind of know everything about everything, I guess. I, I don't really think anything surprises our friends or coworkers. We're pretty fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. It, it surprises, you know what surprises them? is like, what are you guys doing? gonna stay home watch a movie tonight Whoa, what, what the fuck? <laughs> and then maybe we're gonna have sex in a missionary position Whoa, you freaks what the hell we'll leave the lights on that'll calm them down a little questions bit. out there i got um, a few more up here too okay you go ahead with all me. right so i've got what is your D favorite kink so and i always find that i'll let you think about it because i know mine i know mine Oh, do you? Yep. Oh, I bet you I know yours too. So, and you probably know mine. Um, so <laughs> usually, be funny you if would our think are completely, if we're completely different. different <laughs> that would be cool. Um, so people will ask me that because sometimes, um, even when I negotiate with other, like there was a big, a big party here in Columbus. I mean, it was a six hundred person hotel takeover uh, two weekends ago, and I was negotiating. I'll negotiate with people to um, play, and uh, they'll sit down with me and they're like, "Okay, so what do you want to do? What's your biggest kink?" And I'm like, well, this one's actually hard to describe because most people will say floggers, canes, fire, wax, you know, all those things that people do. And mine is more about the emotional state. So my biggest kink is power exchange, right? I am a bottom. I am a submissive. I'm very dominant like during the day I run things I do you know I, I run groups I'm a priestess I do all this other stuff I can be in charge but my kink is to have someone else in charge and know what the hell they're doing and to embrace their dominance right and to really take me to that place and to explain that to someone is really hard right it's like I want you to be a dominant dominant damn it. (laughs) So do this thing, you know, and if it's not in them, it's not in them. You can't pretend to be a dominant for this to work. You have to let out, you have to be a person that can let out their inner beast, let out their little control freak that, that is okay with pointing and saying, do this thing. We'll talk about everything that we're going to do. Obviously, maybe not obviously, but obviously in my world, we talk about it all and negotiate, but they have to have that strength to be able to yeah, that's mine. Yep. <laughs> uh, mine is rough body play. The idea of rough body play is simply that you're um, close to someone. Uh, instead of using a flogger, you're using your hands or feet or elbows or uh, grabbing hair, or biting necks, you know, that. That's very, how you let out that inner beast. Yeah, mm. it's, it's a very... Um, Visceral, yes. yeah, yes. very vulnerable, very in your face, very, you must share energy or, yeah, I mean, because I'm right fucking here, right? Um, yeah, that's mine. I love that because you, you can't pretend that, right? You have to, you have to, yeah, that's okay. Whew. Another one? <laughs> <laughs> 
<sighs> you guys are a good match. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> be great if she said I love spanking people and I said I love spanking people too I don't know how this is going to work out though we do no. though we do know people that do that we do know dominant dominant relationships sure. they just they have to find other people to play with right so they have to work on their communication skills they have to talk with each other as to as to what they're okay with and what they're not same with um, bottom bottom yeah, relationships so 10 seconds of terminology top the kind of, the person that generally leads the activity mm-hmm. if you are spanking someone you're flogging someone you are the top you are the person with the flogger in your hand bottom you're a receiver switch you go either way both are fun right yeah. um yeah i'm, I'm not going to look at you but when i said switch somebody in the audience just nodded their head empathetically yep i get that <laughs> i can't get that <laughs> yep again again where were we? So I can't do that. I am a bottom. I have tried to top. I co-top with you, but it is about, I can't explain it. When I co-top with Dan, I am still doing it for him. So it's not that I am topping the other person. I'm topping the other person as a service to Dan, which is what really feeds, that's what feeds me. So I, the only time I've ever topped someone on my own, I've done it as a priestess. And that can be hard to describe as well. So I get into that, that spiritual, because like I said, I can lead things, I can run things, I can do things. I do weddings, I do funerals, I do groups. I, you know, I, I lead all this stuff. Um, we've produced events, we've, we've done all this thing. And the only way that I get anything out of it is if... I'm the priestess that is cultivating and manifesting a healing episode for the person that I'm doing too. I can't do it for play for some reason. Part doesn't of me is a, it doesn't feed you. It does not feed me at all. And it's sad because I'll have people write me all the time. I've had people tell me that if, because it's hard for me to find people to play with because I'm attached to Dan, right? So I'm a, I'm a bottom. I'm a submissive that is attached to someone that owns me, right? So other people are like, oh, I'm not touching that because I have so much respect for Dan or I'm afraid of Dan or I'm, I'm whatever. So they see that. And so I've had people tell me, well, if you would just become a switch and start topping, you would get more play. And I'm like, I get that, but I would get nothing out of it, which means it's not worth it to go that route. I'll co-top with you though. Yes, you will. Um, so Don, uh, a good follow-up for now that we're getting all, you know, mm-hmm. amorous talking about what really turns <laughs> us on. Uh, what's your favorite, our favorite, yeah. TV show or podcast? The Erotic Awakening. No. <laughs> Damn right it is. <laughs> it is right, my favorite. I'm going to tell you guys some of the shows that Dawn and I watch. We don't watch a ton of TV. We don't watch. If you guys no, have, we just bought a TV that's like this. I had to tell my neighbor, because we bought a condo, so we share a wall. And I had to tell my neighbor, who's, who's he's, he's very ancient, and, I, and I'm like, so you have to let us know if the TV's too loud because we rarely watch it, but when we do, it's in style. So we're getting ready to hook up the bass bar and yeah, so it'll be, and we'll probably watch it like once a week. That's cute that you call it a bass bar. Anyway. Is that um, what it is? What is it? Don't worry about it. <laughs> he does the tech, I do the talking. Okay. So favorite podcast, Erotic Awakening. The other podcast that I'm digging right now. Now, if you guys have heard of this or you agree or you dig it, just a, one single clap so I can find out that I'm not totally unconnected to current culture uh conan needs a friend conan needs a friend anybody i'm old (laughs) i like that one all right so much for the podcast thing letter kenny oh yeah okay thank gosh uh witcher i was trying to catch up with that still what's the one that we just started watching uh shoot i don't forget anyway so yeah we don't do a lot of the tv stuff but uh what's the one where they eat people that i really like Which way? <laughs> uh, Drew Barrymore, Tim Offerman, Ferrant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something diet. Uh, uh, oh, Santa Clarita yes. diet. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm ashamed they didn't bring that back. Yeah. So had Nathan Fillin in it for a while. And then the Alec, Alan Tudyk effect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He joins the show like and him. gets killed. So I've got another one here that I've dropped in the floor, and this is going to drive me crazy because I dropped it in the floor. Um, it just says uh, non-standard relationships. So it's not really a question. It's a, it's a, it's a topic. So um, I can do a quick rundown in that non-standard relationships is everything that's not boy, girl, monogamous, this is it, 
right? Everything else falls outside of that box and is non-standard. I don't know. In today's, you guys tell us, in today's culture, today's realities, boy, boy, or girl, girl, relationships called non-standard now? Or do you think those, that's for standard now? That's average now. That's not even a big deal anymore. I think it's narrowing. To where okay. It's, what do you guys think? Anybody else? Yeah. yeah. I disagree. I, I think that it depends on what you, like, how you view people. Because I, I, in some places, like, it's very not, like, not standard, and then you can go to some cities. Yeah, so it depends on location. And it doesn't matter who's doing it. Depends on location, but narrowing is the other one that we heard, yeah. So I think it's becoming pretty standard. Becoming pretty standard. It it helps that we live in the town with the biggest gay pride parade in the north, in the Midwest. Yeah, that's what I meant by narrowing is that it's... It's not so uncommon anymore, at least around here. All right, all right. So anybody in class, if you see uh, a girl-girl relationship, you go, whoa, what the... Right? Now, anymore around here, I think it's pretty Anybody, anybody but you know here identify as gay? Okay. So anybody... I'm, um, I'm actually let's make really it, let's make surprised. It, no, let's make it more broader, right? Well, some people don't, still don't want to raise their hands. So let's make it broader. There's the whole uh, LGBTQ community, right? So lesbian, bi, trans, gay, uh, queer. queer. So how many of us rec- are, would put ourselves in that category if you don't mind raising your hand? A few of us. Okay. So, and probably a few more <laughs> that still aren't comfortable raising their hand. And that's, that's fine. All right. So if you looked at me, let's move on. Right. But if you looked at me and Dan, would you think non-standard relationship? We look like a heteronormative relationship. <laughs> we are absolutely not. <laughs> Side note. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that we were at an, an event here in Columbus not too long ago. It has to be called Winter Wickedness. Because we have the podcast, a lot of people know us. So somebody came up to us who was a podcast listener and said, Dan, Dawn, great to finally meet you. Dawn wasn't with me. I was with a different partner. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it's, so we're very non-standard, and people don't know that. And it's actually kind of weird because I'll go see a doctor and, and then start talking about my poly partners, and they're like, what? I'm like, I just look like a soccer mom, <laughs> right? They'll, um, I was going in for surgery, and they did not tell me to take out my piercings. And I walked in there and I'm like, okay, so fail on your guys's part. And they're like, what? I'm like, I knew to take out my piercings and I put in spacers so that it wouldn't affect the surgery. You guys should have asked me and not just taken it that I look like a soccer mom and wouldn't have anything to look at. So, I, I will say yeah. the, the first time I had the conversation with my doctor, uh, you know, we're just chitter chatting and they're like, I, I, I was being a little dodgy on why I wanted to talk to him today. And they're like, oh, okay, how's your wife? She's great. And, uh, okay, well, I really, I needed, I wanted to get the uh, STI testing. And she said, oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Something, no, there's nothing to be sorry about. Me and Dawn are great. I just happen to have a new partner. And they're like, oh, how's Dawn feel about, I, Dawn introduced us. Yeah. Oh. And then we and had now, a nice conversation. And now right? we have the same doctor. Yeah. So she, I'm, I'm like, okay, time for STI testing. And they're like, oh, you or him? And I'm like, uh, I've got a new partner, you know, or he's got a new partner. So they're really on board at this point. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. That's a question I have. Um, sure. So how do you manage SDI prevention? Because it can get confusing, right? Yeah. I mean, if Anita goes up there and draws our whole thing, it's, it's much bigger than that. So I just had a, um, so I just had, I hooked up with somebody that I've been playing with um, kink-wise for like six years now, but we've never crossed into sex. You did? No, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> I'm like, you went and handed me off. Okay. Um, so we're at the event and we had a phone call before the event. And um, I'm like, okay, so we need to have this conversation. And he's a grown man. He knows to have this conversation as well. And I'm like, okay, so I have Dan, we're fluid bonded, right? Which means we don't use barriers. I have Big D, we're fluid bonded, we don't use barriers. Big D has his wife, they're fluid bonded, no barriers. Um, She has a boyfriend, they are not fluid bonded, they use barriers, so there's a dead end. So then I have to go into my girlfriend, and I'm like, okay, so we are, but haven't done anything about it yet, so... That's changed, by the way. Um, and wow. then, uh, yeah, so, you know. Um, and then she's married. And, and so, you know, so I had to go through the thing with him. I'm like, okay, so here's, oh, and then here's this dead end. And then here, here's this dead end. And then here, and then he told me his. And um, 
then you have to look at it and go, okay, so are we willing to accept that risk, right? I know I can trust where this dead ends, right? Big D, his wife, her boyfriend. And I know I can trust this dead end. And I know I can trust Dan's dead ends. So I know who he's fluid bonded with over here. I know who he's not. And I have to trust that we're all telling the truth, right? There's no reason not to with as much as we talk. So I trust that we're all telling the truth. And then if anybody new is brought in, they have to have been tested recently and we go from there. And then if someone new is brought in, everybody else is told. And then everybody else gets to make the decision on whether they want to continue to be fluid bonded or not. So Dan had an instance where he was bringing someone in that um, he was going to fluid bond with. They were going to stop using protection. And I had to sit there and make the choice of, okay, am I okay with this? And for a while I wasn't. So me and Dan went back to using condoms. And then when I felt that I could trust this other person enough to be telling the truth and that, you know, they had been tested and everything was okay and, and things like that, then we had another discussion. And so even though we're in a power exchange relationship, I still get to make the choices on whether I'm okay with being fluid bonded with him. And one so of the that's keys, my life. One of the keys about what Don just said about our non-standard relationship is Don doesn't get a vote, vote who I stick my dick in. She gets knowledge. And mm-hmm. I don't get a vote on who she has sex with. I just get knowledge and I get to make a decision. But I think the most non-standard thing about our relationship isn't who we're having sex with or what we do or what hats we wear or any of that kind of stuff or the amount of latex I wear, which isn't important now, but it's <laughs> that we have complete autonomy for ourselves and our relationship deals with that. Our relationship accepts that. If Dawn told me that starting tomorrow, she wants to have unprotected random sex with a bunch of people. I would say, baby, you're nuts. Let's make sure your life insurance is paid up. But, and I'm not going to have sex with you anymore. Mm-hmm. But I can't say, no, you're not allowed and, to. And we don't I'm- hold it over each other's head. It's not a, if you do this, then I'm doing that. It's more of a, okay, so you're doing this, and now I'm making a choice for me. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's, a, there's an energetic difference in that of one's manipulative and one's just stating your boundaries, right? So, so there is a way of doing that. Cool. So, that was a good one. Yeah, go Thank ahead. you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another question. Oh, and now we need a secret nickname for the podcast. Oh, for it, me? Yeah, Pedro's taken. <laughs> um, Lola. All right, Lola. <laughs> Lola. So we have a question from Lola. Okay. okay. Um, now I forgot. I'm only <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, so, so that was really interesting how you, okay, I'll sit up here. Okay. I'm not, I'm not shy. Okay. Um, so it was really interesting how you explained how you manage your health, and I never heard of this fluid bonding thing, so really cool. Um, so you seem really cool with everything around that. Now, what about the emotional side of being in a marriage with children and mm-hmm. a business together and a home together and all of that and having all these other people in your lives? What does that do to your relationship, your romantic relationship? Well, it's actually kind of neat. Now, at the beginning, I'm, like I said, we've been doing this for 20 years now, so it seems to be much easier now. It wasn't at the beginning, right? Even though we went into it, we created this designer relationship. When we got together, we said we were going to be poly because we're both poly. We were going to be power exchange or at least try to figure out how to make that work, right? So we went in with this. We were never vanilla. We went in going, you know what? Those relationships didn't work. We've got a fantasy way that we want to live. Let's give this a try. Let's make it reality. And, um, but there were still hurdles. There's still thoughts of rejection, thoughts of being pushed away, territorialness, right? We all seem to have that. So it was what we did with it. So Dan knew I would get territorial about some things. So we would have discussions and we would slowly do new things and slowly do new things. Like what? What was territorial for you? Um, okay. I still have a few territorial things, but, um, so like giving up my kitchen last night so you could be cooked for, that was a breather. 
And what I've ended up having to do was to go, okay, so I'm getting ready to go to Big D's house. What if I was going to make him dinner while his wife is gone? How would I want her to react? I would want her to go, hey, the salt's in the left-hand cupboard. Have a blast. So I'm going to turn around and go, hey, I don't remember where I put the salt. We just moved in. (laughs) You asked me if the stove works. It's new. I haven't used it yet. I guess they get to find out, you know, sort of thing. So, you know, I, I try to shift that on how I want to react. But it took a long time to get there. Um, when we first started playing with others, Dan didn't know if he was going to get jealous. So we would actually get up with somebody way back when they had, like, Yahoo groups and rooms and stuff like that. And I would go, okay, so I'm looking for somebody that is willing to attempt to try this thing. My husband wants to be in the house. This is no strings attached. We are actually trying to see if this is going to work for us. Any takers? You know, there was hands up all over the place. So, and I picked someone that I, I, I liked being around and, or, or liked the energy of, and we went from there. We, so we, just baby steps. We actually came up with uh, this, this particular book, The Polyamory Toolkit, is 15 tools for dealing with relate polyamorous relationships. The reality is that they're not for polyamorous relationships. They're for any kind of relationship. How do you negotiate when you're mad at your partner, whether it's because they found somebody else attractive or because of some other dumb reason, right? How do you Maybe- deal with jealousy? How do you deal with right. yeah, all that stuff? And all that's in there because we had to go through it ourselves. These are tools that we made up names for because we had to figure out. So the neat thing is that that earlier part about, oh, it's so great. We're autonomous in our relationships. If I decide to go have, uh, if I decide to stop having sex, I decide to go celibate, I get to make that decision. Don doesn't get a vote. The flip side of that, though, the, the cost of that is we also, I'm responsible for my own emotions then. If Don does a thing and I feel jealous, it is not because Don did a thing. So I can't say, Dawn, don't do that thing. Or, Dawn, you made me feel, right? She did did things within the boundaries of our relationship. So I get to say to Dawn, Dawn, I am having challenges with with jealousy. You you just told me that Big D has a larger penis than I do, and I'm finding myself feeling challenged by that. It's not the terms I used to be. Motherfucker, okay to be. That's what I said. Something like that. I think I don't really recall. But um, but it wasn't that Dawn does something wrong. It is that I am having challenge. You're my buddy. You're my friend and my partner. Help me to deal with this emotion. Mm-hmm. And Dawn, it used to be that Dawn would say, hey, "Look, I don't really like you being." I don't want you to spend the night with these other people. That's too weird. You're my husband. That was at the beginning. Yeah, it was. So we had to negotiate and get through that because it is, it's an important part of a relationship to spend the night with somebody, right? That's a significant thing. So I had to help Dawn go from, from the perspective of, I don't want you to do that to, it makes me uncomfortable when you do that. You say, oh, how can I help you when you're uncomfortable? Maybe I won't do it Saturday. Maybe instead I'm going to schedule it for two weeks out. So what do we need to do to make sure that you're comfortable for that? So that's how we deal with that emotional stuff, by owning it. And we'll still, um, I'll still bring stuff up now and then look at him to see if there was a hiccup, which is what I call it, right? Because sometimes he doesn't even know he's going to have a hiccup or a, or a little jealousy moment. And I'll have to look at him and I'm like, hmm, okay. And he's, yeah, okay, all right. So because we are partners, so we work with each other on this, so to keep it moving forward. Thank you. You're welcome. We got, what, about five more minutes? Yeah. Cool. Uh, five minutes, and then we got to do the wrap-up thing. Cool. So um, I've got another. Is there anything else out here? Yes. Oh, we do. Please. We, we can repeat it if you just want to ask a quick question. Ooh, they have it written down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I, I will forget. I okay. understand. It gets worse <laughs> as you get older. Did Sorry. you come up with a, a code name that we're going to use for you? Uh, no. It can be David. It's fine. I, I'm going to go Radar. Okay, and radar's are, good. It's because of the hat, isn't it? Are we thinking MASH? Yes. Oh! <laughs> reruns, I, I, reruns. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Okay. Okay. So I have two questions. Um, when did you kind of identify that you were into, like, power exchange or any other, like, kinky behavior? When you were a kid, did you kind of, um, like, have these ideas, but you didn't want to act them out? Or do you think that people are kind of... Uh, do you think this is something that develops at a young age? Do you think this is something that develops at an older age? What what exactly happened? Or I think the stories are different for different people. I mean, I do hear from people that are like, oh, my God, we used to play cowboys and Indians. And the first time I tied up my neighbor, it was like, woohoo. And, um, you know, for me, I don't remember 
I don't remember having that stuff, right? So until I got older and again, we're from a a past era in that the internet became available and all this stuff was out there. And I read the Anne Rice books, The Claiming of Sleeping Beauty and stuff like that. And so all of that would have been my early 20s. So for me, that was... That was enticing. Dangerous Minds with, oh, so some of the shows came out that just had little blips in there of someone being handcuffed to something or, or to, yeah, that's, and then I tried to explain it to my husband and he'd be like, I don't know about that. You're f- f- a little freaky for me. So. Yeah, a little freaky. I am a little uh, freaky. I, I, I'm okay with that. At 25, when I was 25, a girl asked me to spank her and I thought it was the silliest thing ever. Ten years later, I was like, I have a new hobby. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people have said, you know, oh, I knew I was kinky because I used to tie up my Barbies, right? And that's how I knew I was kinky. I used to tie up Barbies, right? Well, I used to pop the heads off my GI Joes. That didn't make me. A, that doesn't. He didn't turn that into I'm a, a serial killer. A serial killer, right? So kudos. Okay, so follow up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your guys' trajectory like? And what are what do you think? Um, what would you say is like a standard or most common trajectory? Do you start with smaller things and then, you know, I don't know, I don't know much about this culture at all. So, um, you know, maybe somebody's really into um, rope play or something and gets tied up and then do they generally get more complicated or did you ease For into us, it? For us, we eased into it. We had friends that nosedived into it and did everything big and huge right away. And then they kind of petered out after a couple of years. And we're like, we don't want to do that. We want to enjoy all the nuances of everything. So we would try things. There's still, after 20 years, there's still some things that are on my fantasy list. I have um, uh, probably 60, I like list. I really do like list. And um, I have probably about 60 things that I would still like to do. And I've done some big stuff, but there's, there's still these nuances that are just so much fun when you do the, the little things and, and kind of go bigger and bigger and bigger. So, but uh, yeah. And then there's some things I really don't want to do <laughs> that are not on the list and will never be done. So you kind of yeah, ease into it too. I, yeah. I think that a lot of people start simple and continue. And some people, that's their thing. That's as far as they want to go. And they're happy with that. We run a spanking party once every three months or so. That's just spanking, right? And none of the most, none of the interest, yeah. none of the tricky stuff. No rope bondage, no shibari, no which is rope hooking people off the ceiling, no whips, no chains. It is pure up spanking. And some people, that is the thing for them, and that's that all they want to do. All they do. That's it. And they that's are the spankos. Thing. They call them spankos, yep. and that is their thing, and they're really not interested in anything else. So yeah, so, so just depends on the person. Okay. I know we had one more question because they're brave. I want to make sure we yeah, we're, we we're have that answered and tight on. So we're going to do here. one, two, and then that's going to be it. Tight on time, please. So this is okay. I know that I get you. Um, but if when should we be like teaching this to kids? Like as someone who like wants to be an educator and like my mom's a teacher and I'm interested in this idea of like schooling and like sex education and it's not something that I ever learned about in school. Yeah. Right. So, so the question is, is like when would she, when would when should we like expose our kids to it and stuff like in a teaching environment and honestly for me i don't know that i would want my kids to learn about it in school if they came to me as a teacher and said hey i'm interested in this thing i would provide resources for them i know there's something called like scarletine i think so and that's more for the under 18. i don't know that i would put myself in a position where i'm teaching something to someone under 18 that could get me in trouble and even our kids, we really, I mean, they stumbled across a few things, but we did a lot to make sure that it wasn't right in their face so that they would, our sacred, oh, we don't have time to talk about this, but our sacred sexuality that we do, I would have books on sacred sexuality that I would have totally where they could get to, right? Because sexuality is normal, sexuality is, you know, it, it's natural. And that I would have up there. The kinky stuff I would actually have locked away until they asked questions. They knew they could ask questions and then, you know, but um, otherwise I wouldn't. So with kids, like in schools and stuff, for me personally, I would send them to the resources. So. Yep. And then one more. They got to get up or? Okay. Anita's Love the outfit. The Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'll go by Ivy. Hi, <laughs> Ivy. <laughs> um, so you guys already kind of touched on this question. 
And this is something that we've discussed in this class regarding how kink and BDSM can be therapeutic in some sense. Uh, you know, we have people who meditate or seek adrenaline rushes to kind of get into that alternative headspace. Mm -hmm. yep. So are there any quick stories that you guys have regarding like other people's stories of how kink has been therapeutic, has been healing for them? Well, so let me do a little bit mm -hmm. um, because um, I know we're running out of time, but I have um, PTSD. Mm -hmm. I have post-traumatic stress disorder from my childhood. So one of the healthiest things, and I'm not advocating this, I'm just telling my story. The healthiest thing that I ever did for me was to get into a power exchange relationship because I had to find someone that I could totally trust. And I did not trust people before then. So finding a person that I could totally trust and then getting into this community and having the talks and negotiating and consent and all of this stuff to where, yeah, you can do this freaky thing, but we're actually gonna talk about it. And, and it's not pushed on you. That was the healthiest thing I could do for myself. And then the other thing is, you know, Pete, you said adrenaline. The other thing that we experience through pain is endorphins. Mm -hmm. And endorphins actually help your body regulate like the PTSD and stuff like that. So you've actually got chemical reactions going on in your body with the pain and the sensuality and things like that, which actually help with all of that. So I get into a very meditative state and, and it just helps slow down my brain. It, it helps when I'm stressed out, the endorphins help with my stress. So, and then you have a partner that the endorphins help with her medical yeah. condition. Yeah. Um, I do. I have a partner whose endorphins help with her medical condition. <laughs> That's pretty much all I want to say about that one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really tricky for us. We do not publicly advocate or suggest it's a bad idea that kink can be therapeutic or cathartic because, or cathartic because mm -hmm. it could it, that's i don't need a closet psychologist thinking he's going to uh spank your cutting away right mm -hmm. there's a movie called the secretary which had it kind of gave you this impression that kink can cure some significant psychological mm -hmm. challenges right we do have some 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 experiences where it seems to have value though all right, so Ivy, you're gonna have to sit right there if you don't mind. Would you consent to allowing us to ask you a kinky, uh, I'm sorry, a flirty question? Oh God, sure, okay. okay. <laughs> so so here on the podcast, we got to get through. Uh, we're gonna wrap this thing up. As you know, podcast listeners, we have been going through our flirty questions, and often our guests are stuck with having to handle one of these flirty questions. Ivy, you have your choices: one, two, or three. Uh, two. Cuddle or make out. I have to answer? See, that makes it a bad question, right? This is clearly not a great recording question. Oh, my God. Literally, right, right. Yeah. Is that Do how you're going to go up to a person, cuddle or make out? Yes. Right. Pretty, mm, yeah. Context, man. Right. 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 Overall, you guys agree that is not a great flirty question? No. Yeah. yeah. That, that gets a thumbs down for me. Thumbs yeah. down? Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Dawn. Yes. One or? Yes, it's a real question. What do you think? They, they you really are. They're bad. I'll take one. <laughs> describe me in three words. And I had to put it in my flirty voice. Hey, baby, describe <laughs> me in three words. Obnoxious. <laughs> bald. Fair. <laughs> and, hmm, hairy. Wait, so it's not really. There's, there's two things that you just, okay, we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, bald and hairy. <laughs> Yeah. So, so again, what do you guys think about that? Describe really... me in three words. Is that a good flirty question? Yeah. I don't know if it's flirty yeah. so much. It's, no. it's the look of horror on your faces. <laughs> I'll tell you. So, so which kind of gal are you attracted to? That's uh, your flirty question. I would immediately describe the person that I'm not sitting with. That would yeah. be funny. <laughs> uh, I am attracted to a. Uh, uh, first off, I find that. Your question that assumes I'm only attracted to people I identify as gals to be a little uh, short-sighted. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, I'm, a, I'm attracted to people that don't ask me that question. <laughs> and uh, third, uh, oh, look at the time. I have to go. Uh, what kind of guy and or girl are you attracted to? Good flirty question or not? Uh, you guys are a little lukewarm was, on that one. Maybe if it was person. Yeah. How about what kind of person are you attracted to? Uh, Either you got, well, you guys got any good flirty questions? Because these are all bad. 
Now you got to rely on these. Good luck. Good luck <laughs> with that. All right. Uh, thank you, Ivy. So just to wrap this things up, Don, it looks like we are going to have to admit to these people that you like tentacles. Yeah. The entire podcast, episode 100 on why Don likes tentacles. And we talk about it a lot. So um, because I talk Again, about it a lot. 90% of you look in that 10% of, oh, really? <laughs> so I mentioned it near the beginning of our podcast history that um, I liked tentacles and I found them hot and hente and all that type of stuff. And so people now send me a lot of tentacle pictures and things. I get lots of tentacle things too. So uh, let's see. Sasquatch is one of our listeners for a yep. long time. And they sent me a link to an icicle tentacle glass dildo. Why do I have a word problem saying dildo? I don't know. <laughs> as much as we've talked about here, it's like, ooh. <laughs> so, but it's kind of neat. So it's a, it's, a, it's a pink glass dildo and it's got... It looks like a tentacle. It's cool. See, I thought you were being a little goofy about being uncomfortable saying it. But then when you started doing the hand the visualization, thing, I really now you're am. I'm uncomfortable. Okay. It's okay. But uh, it was really cool. In the last 11 years, uh, so it has been decided that I enjoy food on boobs. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, uh, you get MX, to see them in person sometimes. Absolutely. I, I literally have had... Attended an event. Someone said, come over for breakfast, and I had breakfast on I was boobs. thinking the same thing. Yeah, that was, was really at, cool. in Indiana. Uh, MX, Mix, M, X, Mix KD sent art from New Orleans, a very fancy painting of a woman with eggs on her boobs. Indeed. Things so, are good for art nowadays. Cool. So, um, so Instagram, we'd like to give a shout-out to Redheaded Yogi. We actually know Redheaded Yogi, so over in uh, Phoenix. So find us on Instagram and see the picture of the day as Erotic Awakening. New subscribers to the newsletters include Mike from Portland, Oregon. And Thomas from Columbus. Head over to Erotic Awakening, get your link to the EA newsletter, get your shout-out, blah, blah, blah. Take a moment to support the podcast, rate us oh. on the Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com slash eroticwakening. Take a look at the options, like this kind of stuff, extra content, and more. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. Bye, OSU. Bye. Bye. Bye.